Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It's another beautiful day or or early evening in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And for those of you around the world, that's paradise. Uh, Our little piece of paradise, anyway. In the studio, Ellen is with me again, so this is two weeks in a row. I know. Can you believe it? It's scary. (laughs) This is very scary. I was going to tell you when I was driving over here, I think it looks a little like fall. Fall? Just a little, yeah. It's it's darker than it was last week You're when right. I drove over here, You're and much right. darker than earlier in the summer. So the days are getting shorter. I think we're going into fall. Right, right. Doesn't make me happy. I like summer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's usually summer all year round here, except well, for kind of sort weeks. of. We, you yeah. know, we do have seasons. They're just not as distinct and uh, difficult as everyone else's. Right, exactly. We have a friend of mine, Steve, in the studio, and he is here to share his experience, strength, and hope with addiction, recovery, alcoholism, eating too many donuts, I don't know. But uh, Steve, hi, how are you? I'm fine, Ray, and it's ice cream. It's not donuts. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's always something. Mine's jelly beans. So. Okay. Um, you know, just before, even before we start, I, I need to uh, take a moment. We had a a, um, a good friend on, Freddie Negretti, and um, he tragically lost his second son um, a week to ten days ago. And I would just, I just want to have a little bit of a moment of silence, or you know, something to. Um, to respect him with 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 his loss. I mean, you know, he's a he's a recovering addict like we are, and you know, when we go through tragedies, it's not the easiest thing to go through. So, um, please, everyone that's listening, take a moment, you know, and, and just sit silently for a moment, and and you know, think of something that you know you need serenity for. Or you know you need you need help with, because I know that Freddie Freddie needs help with with the loss of his son. So let's take a moment of silence. Okay, so let's uh, let's get right into the show. Uh, we're going to find out who Steve is, what makes him tick, and uh, of course we'll share our little snippets of of recovery as well and uh, we'll just we'll just make this a happy hour uh so steve why don't you tell us a little bit about um who you were and who you are and when i say who you were you know what, what you know like what you did when you were a kid and i know you're a hard charging marine so uh share a little share a little bit about who you are and, and then we'll just go from there Sure, I'd be happy to, Ray. Thank you very much, number one, for having me on the show tonight. Uh, Welcome. I'm honored to be of service um, to all the listeners out there, and I hope my story will will ring a bell with at least one out there. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm the oldest. Okay, thanks, Steve. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, I'm the oldest of three. We were all adopted. Um, 
a good Catholic family, good Irish Catholic family. My father died when I was very young. And there's, uh, you know, most alcoholics or addicts can say that they remember the first time they ever had a drink or the first time they ever took a drug. Uh, I can't remember the first time I ever took a drink. Uh, it, alcohol was always in the house. Uh, the hmm. neighbors would come over for pinochle and stuff like that, you know, on weeknights. And, you know, I'm sure that I was drinking before I remember. But I, um, I do remember the first time I remember having a drink. And it, was, <laughs> it was after my father died. My father died when I was only seven. And um, I had a drink with uh, his younger brother, my uncle, and that led to some things in my life that scarred me. Mm -hmm. um, I won't get into those now on the air, but uh, left some pretty deep scars. And I used to blame certain things that happened to me in my life on those scars. Um, I do remember the first time I took a drug and um, I was, uh, because of those scars, I was, I was not a really good kid. I I did good in school, did, you know, um, did as good as any kid who didn't study and things like that would do. You know, I was always happy with high C's and low B's, but if I just would have applied myself a little more, I probably would have gotten A's. But, Gee, that was better than me. Anyway. You know, well, you took the easy way out. Um, never really applied. I was always the kid with the best potential, you know. That was always the trophy that I won, the player with the best potential. Um. So I left home early, you know, lost a lot of opportunities, uh, lost scholarships, things like that, um, due to alcohol and drugs. Um, ruined them all. Uh, knew the consequences for my actions, but, um, you know, being the smartest guy in the world, didn't have to study. <laughs> Never thought I'd get caught, you know, and so uh, a lot of those things uh, got ruined, but I remember the first time I did a drug, and it was uh, when I was living uh, as a 17-year-old boy in a seedy hotel because I couldn't live at home anymore, and one of the girls there worked at a local dance club, and her boyfriend was there, and I watched him do some drugs, and uh, she introduced me to that right there at 17 years old, and from that point on, I was running. That was, that was good. You know, that was I, that was fun. And that combined with drinking, you know, went through life, married, didn't last very long. Um, drove 18 wheeler. Uh, while I was married, I went to the Marine Corps uh, thinking that it would uh, change. Take yeah. me away from everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, same here. You know? I have to raise my hand here, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. going to change everything. Yeah. I brought me with me, though. That's the thing. Uh, Amen. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow or another, I came along yeah. too. You know, um, the Marine was there, but Steve was still there too. Oh, this is true. Um, oh, but wait, let me. Were you guys drinking and drugging in the Marines? Yeah. Really? Well, I was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to raise my hand there too. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a thing called office hours. If you don't know, uh, layman won't know that what that is. Uh, Non-judicial punishment. Right. Um, I had my office hours. I got. I got caught doing a particular drug and, uh, you know, did 45 days restriction, 45 days of uh, extra duty. Didn't take half my pay because I was married and that would yeah, affect yeah, the family. Yeah, they, you know, they did, you know, something that's funny as, as, as tough and as hard as we portray ourselves, uh, the Marine Corps really did take care of its own. You know what I mean? In the sense of, like you said, they didn't take any money out of your pocket because they knew your wife would have, 
paid for that, not you, because you were just exactly. some knucklehead Marine. Your wife would have paid for that. And, and you know, so, you know, you hear all these horror stories about the military and, and uh, about the Marine Corps and everything like that. And um, I, I look back on it fondly only because um, I don't have to be that guy anymore. I don't have to live that crazy life that I lived that, that it, that the Marine Corps allowed me a young, you know, 20 year old kid away from home, you know, and I was the one that was making the decisions somewhat, you know, um, until I got to work and then, you know, then they were making them for me. But, you know, it it was kind of like a, uh, I'm so grateful that, that, you know, I, I joined the military more so that I'm a Marine, but I'm grateful that I joined the military because it did give me a little bit of discipline. Even though I was kind of wacky when I came out, when I said enough is enough, when I hit that saturation point, I had that kind of base to be able to bounce my, now what do I do? Now I have to stop being responsible. Oh, I know. They they taught me that many years ago. Now I have to start using it. And it was, and it was, fortunate that that was there because if I didn't use that I don't necessarily know if I would have been able to get clean or sober right see I never used it yeah you know yeah. I, um, the only time I was ever disciplined and then and, and uh, followed the program was when I was surrounded by a bunch of other Marines it just once that uh, clock hit five o'clock or you know the the maneuvers were over uh, it was back to me you know Steve got in the way again yeah but um, I, I did my time in the Marine Corps very very proud of it uh, still do a lot with the Marine Corps uh, local veterans organizations mm-hmm. here in town. Um, That's how I met you, actually. Uh, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yes, yep. it is. Yep. And knew long before I did that I needed help. Yeah. Uh, you and another veteran. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've known each other for, what, three years now? 2015, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think, was my yeah. inaugural veterans yep. class. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, Again, after three years, it's a, it's an honor to be sitting next to you. Yeah, in, no, in absolutely. In an environment like this. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, once I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, it was just, you know, the wheels were spinning and I was going 240, drove, went back to drive an 18-wheeler, left my first wife, of course. It's a tough uh, life. Um, not for I a mean, single at, young man. But being at the wheel, you know what I mean? That was hard unless yeah. you had something, um, you know, better living through chemicals that <laughs> yeah. could keep yeah. you awake while you're driving down the right, road. Right. You know? No, that's that's um, true too. But no, it was it was actually a very good life um, for a single man uh, with no family. You could yeah. uh, I, I made a very good living when I drove 18 wheeler. Uh, but then I got hurt. I was living in Chicago and so away went the 18 wheeler. Um, and I, I took up the game of golf, which to me has been uh, not only very good for me therapeutically, but it has also provided me a very good living over the course of the last 20 years uh, since I've been in the golf industry. Now, have you been with PGA that long? I have been there for three years now. I've nice. lived in Port St. Lucie for three years. Um, it was my first job when I moved here, and uh, it's a great place to be. What, yeah. what better place for a PGA professional that than at PGA, though? Right, and PGA. we met, just to, just to uh, tie that all up, Steve and I met, he works for... Uh, a facility that offered veterans, you know, that, that 22, 20, 22, 22 a day, 22 that, a day veterans. They were uh, losing. 20, yeah. We're losing oh, 22 really? veterans a day. Yeah. Wow. Um, PTSD and other scars. Yeah. yeah. So they, they came up with this 
uh, Project Hope, which Project Reach, the right? PGA Reach is and, the umbrella right. for uh, a program that we run over there called uh, PGA Hope, right. which provides golf uh, lessons and, and the activity of golf itself as an outlet for <laughs> veterans returning from wars with, again, as I said, scars, both visible and invisible, right. to learn the game and, and help them um, regain some uh, physical and mental attributes to help them get reacclimated into society. Right, and one of the reasons why I said that is just what Steve Steve just said. He said, you know, to he, they're giving me something back. You know, I mean, I gave service, yeah, but they're giving me something back freely. Well, I I go over there and I I get uh, I get coached by the. The trainers, I get coached by the professionals that coach the professionals. You know, if you go, if you go over to the uh, facility and you need um, assistance in your swing, these are the guys that are giving it to me for nothing. So um, I'm eternally grateful for that. And I would not have the ability to do this, one, if I was still active, because that would have been the furthest thing from my mind, or two... If I didn't put in military service, if I wasn't a Marine, um, my world would be completely different today. And, you know, so I have the benefit of being, one, a recovering addict, two, a former Marine, a veteran Marine, and three, the awareness to be able to know how to get out of my own way. I don't know how many times, I, like many years I've gone by without actively having the serenity prayer in my mind. Yeah, it's there when I need it. God grant me the serenity. I can, I, you know, I can spit that out. But just to share, my mom was in a rehab uh, last week. She's also in recovery. She has, I have 29. She's got 32 years sober. Nice. Uh and she was struggling. She didn't want to be there. She wanted to take the wheel. And I told her, I said, look, mom, God has the wheel. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be there if he didn't want you there. I said, we need to say the serenity prayer. And we said it maybe 10 times before it clicked. And uh, you know, she called me up the next day and she said, thank you for helping me get out of my own way. And like, you know, you said, after after leaving work as a Marine, you became Steve again. And, you know, bad I... News, bad, yeah, bad yeah. stuff. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is that um, we all I'm gonna become Steve again. I become Ray again. As soon as I choose to grab the wheel and discount my higher power, the evil can come back like that. Absolutely. You know, I, and I say it all the time. It's... I'm 29 years... Clean and sober. Uh, February 28th, 1989 was the last time I used a drink or drug for effect. But today's a good day to get high. <laughs> I'm an addict. It's what we do, right? Um, fortunately enough, with the, with the days that I have put together uh, clean and sober, I built a war chest of tools not to have to get to that using card. The card's in the Rolodex. And for those of you who don't know what a Rolodex is, just go on Facebook or, <laughs> or Google. And <laughs> those of you who for, use for Facebook kids, and Google yeah. don't know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and I've, and I've gathered a lot of tools along the way. And one of them, the, the, most, the most common one that I use is communication. 
Because if I don't communicate and tell people who I am, then they don't know when I'm lying to myself. And I am the biggest offender of lying to myself. Even today, I can lie to myself. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm Easy. human. I'm I'm human. I make mistakes on a daily basis. And and one thing that I'm grateful for is that I allow people into my life to say, gotcha. And and it kind of just redirects me on where I'm supposed to go. You know, um, 90 days, six months, a year, um, I didn't have the same tool set that I have today. But I still have that all in my bag because it's all real life experiences that I learned. So be grateful and grab onto these things and, and make sure you don't go, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, oh, no. I don't need this. That's, I'm building my tool bag right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I am very new to this. Um, we are, uh, we all have to start somewhere. And that's what I've been told. Right. And I have just uh, today is 95 days. Um, awesome. And, that, that's, you know, that's people, fantastic. You know, I tell people that and they say, hey, way to go, way to go. Um, and I'm humbled by that because the biggest tool in my bag is my higher power. Right. And um, he knows who he is up there. Um, oh, thank you. No. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blasphemer. Um, yeah. You know, God is my higher power. Yeah. And without him, I am nothing. Right. Um, I am second. He is first. Um, he's the one who made me pick up that phone and make the call to the treatment center. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said earlier, I, I'm an old Marine, and I thought I could do anything myself. Stand I didn't fast need anybody's and die. help. Exactly. Stand fast and die. Surrender? Hell no. Stand fast and die. <laughs> we are going to go to break now. Uh, dial 866-472-5792 if you'd like to share your experience, strength, and hope. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? 
Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Like I said, we have Ellen in the studio. I am blessed again two weeks in a row. And we have a friend of ours, Steve, who came to visit this week. Um, If you would like to be part of our community, not community, but be part of our audience or or come on and share your experience, strength, and hope, and you're too far away to come into the studio, we can always have you call in and be a featured guest on our show. Send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org, ray at miraclesandrecovery.org, or reach out to us on the Facebook page, which is whatever the Facebook address is, uh, Miracles and Recovery. And uh, we will get your information. We will set a date for you to come on the air. We have a couple of we have a couple of upcoming uh, featured guests, and um, we'll go from there. I mean, if you have something you want to offer, if even if you just want to call now and share your experience, strength, and hope, dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. So. Now that we're back on the air, I have some questions for Steve. Okay. When, whenever somebody, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, no, when, <laughs> whenever somebody from the military gets on the show, I can't get a word in edgewise. So, and you know, especially since you're a marine. But All right, anyway, I'll shut up. Uh, I, I am, I am a little curious. Is this your first time in recovery? Is this your first experience with it? Yes, it is. Um, this is my first time in recovery. I have been addicted um, several times in my life, and I was always able to cure that addiction, at least temporarily, because there really is no cure, uh, by simply running away. Um, I ran away from the addiction. When it got too bad, I moved away. Uh, So you did the geographical cure. Exactly. That is what they call it. Yes, that would be the proper term, the geographical cure. Um, Most people who go to meetings and things like that know that once an addict, you're always an addict or once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Um, I suffer from a disease that is incurable. All I can do is, is try to treat it. But this is my first time uh, admitting to myself and to my higher power that I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. Uh, I'm 56 years old now and I might have uh, another run in me or two or three but I don't think I have another recovery in me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is hard work. And again, I uh, have to thank my higher power, God, um, for guiding me through this. Because 
I know that I do not have the strength to do it. And if it happened again, I really don't think I, I, I don't think I would make it. This has to work for me this time. I am totally committed to this. That's why I go to my meetings, uh, several different groups, um, and I do service work. Um, that's why I was so happy to come out here tonight and be able to share my story. Um, it makes me feel good to do service. Um, and I felt really bad about myself for a very long time um, about the kind of person that I had become um, because of the drugs and the alcohol that uh, now it's time that I have to try to feel good about myself. Well, it sounds like from an early age you had family difficulties. You know, I'm, I'm basing that on what you said earlier. And then, um, so you you divorced your first wife, but you're remarried now. Do you have children? Well, I have a daughter. I am remarried. And um, just last month we celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice that she put up with me for 24 years. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I wasn't going to say her, that. You know? Well, you can yeah. say it, yeah. God bless her. Um, okay, yeah, we'll, say it. Okay, we'll be, say it. God bless her. Yeah. She'll be canonized <laughs> shortly after her death. Yeah. Um, I do have a daughter, a grown daughter, um, 33 years old now, and I have a grandson that will be turning six years old on my birthday. We cool. share a oh, birthday wow. exactly 50 years apart. Um. Because of everything that I went through in my life, um, and I'm going through now as far as treatment and recovery goes, I do not know my grandson. Um, I did not know my daughter for 28 years um, after I left my first wife. Um, Hmm. That's uh, one of the repercussions of being an addict and not really caring about who else you're hurting while you're only trying to make yourself happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, thought about it many times over the years, and it wasn't, I did not find my daughter. My wife did. And when we found my daughter, um, I sent her a message on Facebook, and uh, again, here's that darn Facebook thing. Yeah, I know, right? But sent her a message on Facebook expecting, you know, maybe a, you know, go to hell or something. You haven't been around for 28 years. And five minutes later, the phone rang. Oh, wow. And we talked for about four hours that night into the wee hours of the morning. And, uh, well, we, we cried more than we talked. And um, there aren't enough I'm sorry's left in my lungs um, for what I did to members of my family mm-hmm. over the course of my lifetime. Um, I can only try when I hit that eighth and ninth step to uh, make amends to those people. Some I know will be willing to uh, make amends or or allow me to try to make amends. Others I know will not, but I have to try. You know, the the thing is, is what you said about making amends in eighth and ninth. Um, I I, um, used to or originally set myself up for failure because I I would, I would anticipate and anticipate just what I'm going to do this one. And ultimately all I needed to do is, what you just did to your daughter even before you made your amends even before now you now you have that bond where you can say okay this is you know what i mean so it's so it's that much easier to express um because you've already done it and we do we do it countless times even before the quote unquote 
black and white manual tells us it's our turn to do. You know, <laughs> Shoot, I'm still um, waiting on mine. <laughs> well, you're not reading the right book. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm waiting on the amends being made that should be oh, made to me. Oh, well, but but if you're anticipating amends, then... Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm making a joke. I know, you know, I know, in my program, we're taught that amends are for us. Yeah, they well, are not for the other person. Yeah, this they is for me to... They play with a different set of toys than we do over there anyway, so... Softer, well, warmer toys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not necessarily. I would say absolutely not. I don't. I cannot tell you how many times I've been called an enabler, and I, you know, to the point that I hate the term, and I, you know, I find it derogatory and belittling. But in all honesty, in a dark room, if I shut the lights off right now and I said, "Okay, everyone that's enabler, raise your hand," would you honestly raise your hand? Me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would too. Yes. That's why it hurts, is because it's real. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad label that's that's what no i I guess maybe not in in certain things no but um in in the in the realm of what we work in it can be and um, it can also you know stopping it suddenly can cause terrible problems oh yeah yeah but that's all that's all part of the disease doing that you know that's right working it's working its madness you know, on on both aspects. I mean, yeah. like we've said many a times, you know, fortunately enough for people like Steve and I, we have concrete evidence that we're nuts. We have concrete <laughs> evidence. A family member. You don't believe me? Just ask me. I'll tell you again. Right, I am nuts. Right. A, a family member only has to go on our nuts. They can't ultimately say, you know, because how many people or how many times have you said, because you did this, instead of instead of owning, and I'm not, I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm family members yes, do are. that. Huh? Yes, you are. Well, yeah. Well, I am, but I am, but not That's, necessarily for a reason. I understand. Yes. Yeah, and um, you know, I know that I take responsibility in my actions. Um, and I know that my actions affected my whole community, never mind just my family. It affected my whole community um, because I was a well-known figure within the community or, or a well-known individual within the community. Every time I walked out into that, into that, in the state that I was in, I was embarrassing my whole block and, um, you know, that's tough for one of my family members who didn't act out the way that I did to internalize and say, I have a problem along with him when I was the one that was sleeping on the park bench. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, that's there, where there, the, Yeah, there's, there's the shame that goes along with it. But, I, I yeah. you know, my insanity was... Thinking, you know, here I am, a nice middle class lady, you know, with a good job. I'm going to go to court, and they're going to look at me and say, "I'm not putting your kid in jail." Uh, they don't do that. No. <laughs> but that, that you know, or you know, the twentieth rehab. Every time, every single time they went, I was like, "Mm-hmm, this, this, they're going to fix her this time," and they, they didn't. Yeah. You know, it for you know for whatever reason, the twenty or so rehabs that she was in weren't what fixed her. She got it another way, and that's right. that's fine. But, you know, my point about enabling is some of the things that I did, if I had not done them, I don't think she would be alive. So. Oh, no, very much so. Very much so. I, I, I totally agree with so you there. So it irks the yeah. heck out of me when somebody says I'm an enabler. But, but, me but, yeah, but let me ask you a question. Um, I mean, for me, I'm grateful 
that I had to walk through what I walked through to become the individual that I am today. And I know that your struggle, because I, I, I live the piece of it, I know that your struggle has made you a better individual. It's made you a better mother. It's made you a better woman um, only because of the chaos that has been laid at your door and, and you took it and took responsibility for it and changed. Tried to. No, still no, going, still going, like still got a lot of work to do. But yeah, yeah, well, we all do. But you know, take credit for what you've done. It's. it's um, I was just thinking one time when I kicked her out, you actually drove her to, to the halfway house that was the last stop on the yeah. way to jail. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, came and picked her up and <laughs> took her yeah. to this other place. Call, yeah, I it's, uh, call it's, her and say, "Where are you? Oh, I'm hiding across the street in the woods." Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, we get crazy too, and I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You've mm-hmm. got stories of of in, insane things that family members did just because you get kind of driven to it. It's like, why? Are well, the whole you thing doing is insanity. The, you know, the whole yeah, thing is insanity. Why are you that's doing what, this? That's what I'm getting to. The whole thing is insanity, and and fortunately, um, being the addict or being the alcoholic or being the individual who was um, inactive uh, addiction. I can look back and go, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's not normal. You know what I mean? Well, now I can. Yeah, now I can. I can look back. But when I was doing it, and I was weighing 126 pounds and had a, you know, I looked like Mick Jagger at, <laughs> at, you know, 25 years old. I mean, there's something wrong with that, you know, especially when I'm sitting here today at 200, you know? Wow. So. Yeah, that ice cream will do that to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and he's not overweight either, folks. So that yeah. one twenty-five was probably real scary. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I have I I saw a picture, and I wouldn't even want to share it. You know, I mean, it would it uh, you know, um, it one it doesn't even look like me. I look like I was probably sixty at twenty-five. Wow. You know, and that's what we do to ourselves. I mean, you've said it many a times. We we all become that same individual. We all become. Steve, you know, and it's um, amazing. It, yeah. Your family sees it. You don't see it. You don't see and it. it. You, you, we, I don't see it, but my family sees it. My friends see it. And, you know, you talk about, you use the word enabler. Um, and some people have, have said things to me like, because your family didn't get you the help you needed, they were enabling you. Yeah. I don't agree with that no, at all. You know, I really you don't have to agree be with ready that. for the help or it isn't yeah. going right. to work. That's the point exactly. If you are not ready to get the help, there's nothing that anyone can do for you. Um, so many times my wife, um, whom I love very much, um, has said to me, uh, you need help. You've got a problem. And I said, I don't need any help because it's not a problem. You know, <laughs> I'm not making a fool of myself out in public, and I could hear under her breath, "Well, not as far as you know." Um, <laughs> and and I was, yeah. I was, and um, she was not enabling in any way by not pushing. Um, for lack of a better term, I think she was just letting me fall as far down as I could possibly fall before I hit that bottom. Right, and had. No place else to turn but to God and beg for help. And I did a lot of asking in those first 
uh, in that, that, that short time when I began my recovery, those first several days. Um, what that, made you decide to go ahead and go to detox? Um, I had hit bottom, and I'll, I'll tell you how it started, and very quickly, um, after we come back from our break, um, I mean, I know we're only going to have a couple of minutes here, um, but... He's already directing the show. Uh, it, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to... That's what you guys I, I, did. <laughs> That's right. It's my way or no way, right? I'm Steve. I don't right. need anybody else's help. It's, it's all me. Um, I'll, I'll tell you about it, but I, I had to do it. Um, well, I'm always I, looking for, you know, the moment because to me, it's it's fascinating. Um, I'm I'm always hopeful that you know everybody that I know that's got this disease will get that moment. And I pray that everyone who has it uh, has this disease, um, this damn disease, this bad, horrible disease of addiction, uh, will get it too. Because if they don't, um, there's only one place to go, and that's farther down. Yeah. 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 You know, and 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 Jails fortunately enough, um, there's no there's no guarantee either. You know what I mean? Like oh, I, I, I the, the many times that I tried and failed, um, you know, the, the, it reminds me of that quote by uh, Michael Michael Jordan, and it was you know I couldn't go into it right now because I, but ultimately it says something about you know he was he was relied on twenty seven times in a championship game. He was given the ball with three seconds left, and he didn't score. He missed 3,000, you know, I mean, you can look it up online. It's, it's pretty cool. And uh, he said, I lo- I've lost so many times in my life that I'm a winner. My name is Michael Jordan, right? If you don't try you are absolutely going to lose. So if you're out there and you're listening and you say, I'm hopeless. Yeah, I used to say that too. I was homeless, helpless, loveless. Didn't want to be with anybody that I cared for. And because I didn't want to, because I didn't care for myself. You know, like I said, a homeless, helpless, loveless. Uh, did things I didn't want to do. Put myself with people I didn't want to be with. And did things that, you know, um, aren't really redeeming, you know. But today, I'm grateful that I could get out of my own way, February 28th, 1989, and say, enough is enough, I think. I wasn't really sold on being clean for the rest of my life or one day at a time. Fortunately enough, something happened along the way. And something happens to everyone along the way. So give yourself a break. Get out of your own way. And give us a call if you're struggling. Um, We don't know who you are. We can only help you and point you in the right direction. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. 
increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. Man, the time just flies, doesn't it? it We're really already does. 45 <laughs> minutes into the show. I, I, we need about another five hours. Uh, well, I'm exaggerating, but... Uh, you could start doing podcasts like Joe Rogan. Oh, so we're already at Joe Rogan caliber. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We can talk, Well, right? I mean, I think we are, but yeah, I, I don't know if everybody else Only does. because I'm here. Yeah, well, okay. Again, so it's all about Steve. Fortunately, it's all about Steve, yeah. <laughs> well, it all is right. tonight, so I yeah. still want to know what... What was the, what was the breaking point? I guess what 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 brought you into your current state of recovery? Well, I'm I'm very glad that you asked that because I did want to talk about recovery tonight. Um, again, this is miracles in recovery, and I am a miracle. And several miracles have happened to me over the course of the last ninety plus days. Um, what brought me to recovery? The final straw, my lowest point, was a. Wednesday morning, uh, my addiction had gotten so bad that I started planning uh, my accommodation of that addiction around my work and my life. So I began months ago, months before that, uh, getting up early and getting a good buzz on before I went into work, and then finding ways at work to maintain that buzz, and then of course keeping that buzz as soon as I got home. Well. 
It was a Wednesday morning. It was um, May 24th of this year, 2018. And I had to be in at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I would plan my day. You know, I plan my morning. I'm looking at the clock. Okay, cool. It's only 8 o'clock. I got another couple hours before I even have to get in the shower, you know, another hour or so. And, and I'd count down the time. All of a sudden, it was a quarter to 10. And there was no way at all that I was going to be able to pull myself out of that chair on my lanai and go into work that day. So I called my boss and I told him that I had obviously overdone it the night before and I couldn't make it in. He said, just that's I understand. Get yourself right and I'll see you tomorrow. Two minutes later, the hand of God uh, dialed the phone for me and I called a treatment center. And then I sent my boss a text and uh, the phone rang, I think, before I even hit the send button. He said, are you serious? I said, yes, I'm, I'm very serious. I need help. I can't do this anymore. And uh, he took care of everything. He got with HR and, and took care of everything. I had no worries. Um, so I went to detox and cried for the first five days of my seven days in detox. Cried like a baby. I couldn't even open my mouth. They would ask me, oh, and I was really happy when I first got there. Because <laughs> you're still Because I was the high effect. as hell. Yeah. I was bombed, you know. And, uh, yeah, you should see my picture in recovery. They said I'm the only one that ever smiled having their picture taken uh-huh. uh, when they checked into recovery. Um, but then I cried for five days. And then I, I went down to a treatment center and um, cried for the first two days there. Um, couldn't even say my name. Somebody would say, hi, how you doing? And I'd I'm fine. And I'd start uh-huh. bawling like a baby. I was so filled with shame and uh, self-pity that I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Um, it had gotten so bad prior to my uh, admitting myself that I would go for a week without taking a shower. Uh, I would rub, you know, I clean myself up in the morning, run a razor over my face. So I looked presentable when I went to work, but I didn't care about myself anymore. Didn't care how I looked or how I felt. Weren't people that you work with noticing things? If Nobody they, ever said anything to you? If they did, they never said anything. Really? Um, my work performance was going downhill. Um, it was obvious. It was it was um, clear to me since I am on my way to recovery uh, that my work performance was slacking. I can tell you uh, with no pride whatsoever that I've been in this industry for 20 years, and this is the first year that I have not gotten a merit bonus in my profession in the last 20 years, and it's due to my disease. Yeah, um, I'm not blaming it on my disease. I'm blaming my actions on my disease, and my actions led to me not getting that merit bonus. But you're fortunate exactly. because it sounds like they were very supportive of you getting into recovery. I, I do have a great support community. You know, and, and that's one thing that I that I want to um, instill in people out there. If you're if you're nervous or afraid of stepping up and doing what Steve just shared with his boss and the and the place that he works for, um, there's people out there in today's world that are more understanding than we think. 29 years ago, I couldn't walk up to the owner of the roofing company that I uh, worked for and said, hey, I'm a heroin addict, dude. 
he, well, he probably would have said, yeah, so is my kid. But um, I, it's a different environment today is what I'm saying. And if you're searching for help, don't use I'm in fear of losing my job as an excuse because you're going to lose your job anyway. Your right. addiction is going right. to bring you to a place where a point of no return. You, you know, So save yourself now. Save your job now. Do whatever it takes. Reach help. I, help, 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 help me. And, and if that's in the plans, um, you know, if, if you lose your job, if, if you have given yourself over to the will of God, and you do end up losing your job, then that is in the plan. Exactly. Uh, you know, it 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 happened for uh-huh. a reason. Yeah. Um, right. Now, I I must say that you know there are certain laws and things out there that protect people who suffer from this disease and decide to get help. Um, but one of the things that are going to stick with me for the rest of my life, and I'll never forget these words. Um, when I the day I got to the treatment center again, a bawling idiot, um, I called my boss. And I asked him to pray for me. And he said, what do you want me to pray for you for? He said, you're in a good place. I said, Pat, I am scared as hell. Please pray for me. He said, why are you scared, Steve? You just made the most courageous decision of your entire life. Right. And I will never forget those words. Mm -hmm. Yet, I still did not want to be there. Right. I well, wanted to leave. We were still driving the bus at that point. Yeah. You know? And I, I wanted to leave. I wanted to check out. And I actually had checked out. My support uh, community was not there for me anymore. Uh, number one, my wife. Um, well, I don't know that you can come home. You told me when you come home, you were going to be a different man. And obviously, you're not a different man in a if week. If you're running, yeah, right. It's going to take yeah. longer than yeah. a week mm-hmm. for you to become a different man. Yeah. And um, so I opened up my ears and shut my mouth, and God spoke to me, and I turned my will over to him. And uh, I completed my time in treatment in the treatment center. Um, So I can say that uh, when I celebrate these days that go by or these small milestones, these 30 days and 60 days and 90 days where I pick up my chips or my key tags, I'm the first one to admit that the first uh, 37 of those were uh, in a treatment center where I didn't have any access to anything. You were safe, but, but I was safe. That doesn't, but, well, but that's okay. Oh, I, you know, pe- people find ways. You could have walked and out they the did. door. While you, I was there, people did find ways. You could have um, walked out the door. Exactly. And and I, um, God chose that I not walk out the door. Right. Um, so now that I'm back. Well, you, you um, need to take a little bit of credit for that as well, because you could have still taken your will back and walked out the door. It, right. But God allows us to make decisions. And, Amen. you know, that's that's where um, a lot of, I, I hear a, a lot of people in recovery don't take responsibility. They take responsibility for their for their crazy actions. But they don't take responsibility for their coverage, for their recovery, and they say, well, you know, God's driving the bus, or, you know, if you don't go to work, then they're going to shut the lights off. So it's an action step. Everything that we do today is an action step. So we need to make sure that that we reassure ourselves and okay ourselves for what it is that we're doing. So you take credit for the 95 days, right? God's in charge. We can take that back anytime we want, but we choose to give our will 
and our life over to something greater than ourself that is guiding us down this path that we're learning in recovery, that we're that that is becoming recovery, that is becoming a new way of life. If we don't grab onto that and say, I own a piece of it, we really don't have anything when we want to make the wrong decision. Thanks, Ray. That, that, that makes me feel uh, a little bit better about myself. Right. Um, being this early in my recovery, uh, I am in no place to offer advice to anyone, um, listeners or people that I attend meetings with. But what I will say that is helping me and will continue to help me for the rest of my life are the meetings that I attend, uh, the support that I get from my community, the chance to talk to people, uh, not only hear their stories, but to share my experiences with them. Um, when I first got out, five hours out of treatment, I went to my first uh, meeting. And the next day, I went to five meetings in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what we do, yeah, right? I, I had to. Yeah. I had no choice. Yeah. Uh, what else am I going to do? Sit at home and have another glass or something else and watch reruns no, I of mean, ID? A wandering, you know, a wandering and, mind. Exactly. Yeah, a wandering well, mind. I even did um, that with Al-Anon. I used to go every single day, and on really bad days, I would find, you know, there aren't two meetings a day always, but right. some days right. there are, and I would do was, them. There was one thing that they uh, they told me when I was, you know, and I, I say this many a times, they said to go to... Uh, 90 meetings. 90, in 90 meetings days. in your first 90 days. Okay. Right. So, like the good addict, I went to 90 meetings in 30 days and said, <laughs> I'm good for the next 60. Well and so they said, wait a minute, Ray, sit still and listen to us again. Go to a meeting a day for 90, 90. days. If you don't like what we have to offer, we will gladly refund you your misery. Steve, it's been awesome that you've been on the show. Thank you, Ray. You know, and, and you have words of wisdom. What you, you, Definitely. you do. You do. You have words of wisdom. And I'm grateful that you're playing in my backyard again. You know what I mean? I don't want to go back to that old backyard, Thanks, you know. And uh, with that, we only have like 30 seconds left. So, Ellen? With miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. That it is. Amen. Thank Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Stay blessed. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.